the thing I think people are expecting is right when they cut rates, it's going to be like, I wake up in the morning and I have a... Di- It'll take time for it to bake in to the market. There's going to be other old debt that's still going through that has to pass through. People are still going to refinance out of old debt. That's going to cause losses. There's going to be origination costs that are increased. Other things are going to happen. But the rate on your loan, you will finally be able to get a $300,000 loan and not pay $600,000 in interest over the life of a 30-year loan right now, which is crazy. What's going on, guys? Welcome into today's episode of Money Moves. As always, your host, Matty A, my co-host, Mr. Ryan Breedwell. Howdy, y'all. We cover all things stocks, real estate, investing, and personal finance. Maybe a little politics, too. Sometimes. All things that impact your wealth-building journey. If you are new to the show, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. If you enjoy anything that we talk about on the show, all we ask, the price of admission. Share it with somebody. Leave a review. It means the world to us. Continuing to get you guys to... Um, text in with questions, comments, saying what up, 844-447-1555. We've got the new Millionaire Mindcast store up, live, running, bundles, all kinds of sales going on right now. The holidays are here, baby, and we got some great stuff for you guys. So check that out, millionairemindcast.com. As well as if you haven't taken advantage of your free financial x-ray, this is one thing that Ryan and his amazing team do for us and all of our Millionaire Mindcast family for free. The financial x-ray. What is it? I will change a lot. (laughs) I will take a review. Me and my team, what we'll do is we'll take a review of what you're currently doing with your assets, whether it be investments, life insurance. That's kind of the world that I move around in. I don't really do much with the uh, real estate. That's Maddie's uh, neck of the woods. And we'll just see what kind of fees you're paying, what kind of performance you've got. Something that we look at is called alpha. It's the value you're getting for the fees you're paying and the risk you're taking on your return. We'll maybe make some suggestions for you on a better way to go about that. And if you take those suggestions, we'd love to work with you and maybe help you save some money and make some money. It is a beautiful, well-comprehensive plan that if anything, just gives you peace of mind that you're on the right track. And if not, it gives you a second opinion and maybe a different approach to achieving the goals that you want to achieve. And that's all free for you guys. Um, And the way that you can connect with Ryan and his team is just by texting the word X-ray to 844-447-1555. And for my accredited investors, those of you looking for uh, deals, I only put out one or two a year, very exclusive, very vetted, and making sure that obviously these are things that I am investing in that would be worthwhile to put in front of anybody that might be interested that isn't a credit investor. So you can text the word DEALS to 844-447-1555 to get on that list as well. All right. Well, first and foremost, I mean, dude, shit's popping off. Whoa. Like in the last 30 minutes since we've been here, a lot of stuff has happened. Lots of stuff. Big stuff with National Association of Realtors. And I mean, basically uh, a ruling that is going to change... Real estate commissions forever. Yeah. Which and I the did. real you estate probably, industry forever. Yeah, which you probably read into that more than I did. But it's, this happened like literally. Yeah, like, I haven't even had enough time to talk ago. about that. So I might defer that to maybe our King's Table episode later yeah. this week. Yep. But then we've got Yemen officially declaring war on Israel. Like as of... I, They're throwing... Nine minutes ago. Throwing their hat in the ring. They want to... They, they want smoke. They want some smoke. Uh, which that's that's pretty wild. This is 24 hours after the GOP unveils $14.3 billion in Israel aid. Um, that would also cut funding to the IRS is kind of the trade-off there. 
Um, I may be down for that one. Let's take a quick break and hear from today's show sponsor. Are you struggling to close deals? Cold outreach can be a slow and brutal process. And in many scenarios, it's just wasting the time of both the buyer and the seller, especially when business owners who are trying to find qualified buyers are using inaccurate and outdated data. But it doesn't have to be this way. With LinkedIn Sales Navigator, your organization can overcome these challenges by leveraging this amazing technology and platform that translates comprehensive, high-quality buyer data into real-time insights and sales. These deeper insights empower sales reps and teams to adopt the habits of top performers, which leads to much better outcomes like building a bigger pipeline with real customers leading to higher win rates and conversions and of course larger deals and paydays all around we call this deep sales and linkedin has built the first deep sales platform with the next generation of linkedin sales navigator right now our millionaire mindcast family has an amazing opportunity to try linkedin sales navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com forward slash mindcast that's linkedin.com forward slash mindcast for a 60-day free trial let linkedin sales navigator help you sell like a superstar today just go to linkedin.com forward slash mindcast and get started i'm cool with that i'm definitely cool with taking money from the irs yeah, anything that anything, that gets taken from the IRS, yeah. I'm I'm feeling we feeling could actually good just, about that. We could burn it at this point, but as long as the IRS doesn't get it, we got some updates on rate cut percentages and if we will see cuts, pauses, when some updates in terms of what certain banking and funds um, economists are saying about the Fed. We've got some homeownership updates. We got some Peter Schiff updates today. I think one that you're gonna like. I know. I'm. I oh, trust. I, <laughs> you, well, you, I, very I know much, you like it because you're the one very who uh, much like it. Finally. found it. So we're gonna tie. And this is a good example of why you got to be careful of who you listen to. These perma bears. Been telling you. Um, we got some updates on Jamie Dimon and Chase mm. GDP, all the above, and some. Very interesting statistics around how many Americans lost their millionaire status in 2022. Mm. So stay tuned. We got some good stuff coming up on today's show. First and foremost, our girl Tay Tay, Taylor Swift, is officially a billionaire per Bloomberg. I, honest to God, cannot fathom how she sold for over four and a half billion dollars. Insane, right? And that, uh, and uh, I think how? the, the, only other tour that was more profitable than hers in history was Elton John's, and his was it's spread like three years. His was spread out over four years. Oh, four years, three and a half years. Yeah. So oh. to see what she did in twelve months is just unbelievable. That is unreal, and she's like our age. Anna, yeah, she's she's thirty four, and I got mad respect for her and just how she's built her brand and how Same. she goes about giving back. She's not one of these like. Beyonce kind of has a little bit of an air and I'm too good to you. And she's kind of, I think, the equivalent of maybe Taylor Swift in the hip-hop and R&B space. Mm -hmm. Taylor Swift was like at her movie premiere, sitting in movie theater seats with fans and... She's yeah, very accessible. You yeah, know? yeah. I appreciate keeps... that about like the celebrities that are just still real. Um, she's very relatable. And I think that's a part of why so many people love her and continue to follow her. Yeah, uh, I don't like her, her music. Um, shout out to the Swifties. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a Swiftie. Where did My you girls... guys get all of that? 
money. I mean, whose parents are not putting money in their investment accounts this year? Ouch, those tickets. They said the average um, gate fee all in for one person to go to her concert was $3,800 per person. So when you think about if you got a kid or you got a family of four, like people are going into freaking debt to be able to... Now I know why our our, our GDP was so damn good oh, this no, last they, quarter. They mentioned her and the fact that she literally moved the needle on the economy in a measurable amount, which was insane. Well, and speaking of GDP, it grew at 4.9% last 4. quarter. 4.8% was because of Taylor Swift. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Consumer spending rose 4% in the July to September period, fueling a blowout quarter for economic growth, according mm-hmm. to government data. Americans spent money at the fastest rate in nearly two years last quarter. Everybody say it with me. You can't have a recession if consumers Everybody keep say it with Let's him. Let's repeat it again. You cannot have a recession when the consumer is this strong. Plus four point. Let me just let you know, that's not nominal. That is real GDP. That number is adjusted down for inflation. We, I mean, when is the last time we've seen... So is that the last? Because now we're starting to hear That's more the more. annualized one-year look-back rate. Which is crazy. That's, I mean, that's yeah. the highest we've seen in... Like how long? I said, oh, dude, a long time. Many years. Many, 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 many Yeah, years. I don't recall. We normally do 2%, 1.1 1. 1, 1 to twos for somewhere in there. 4.9% real GDP. Guys, you got to... Right now, the stickiest, the nasty that's going on in the economy is you're going to see a pullback and you know, tech names likely over the next few months. They'll definitely rally when the market goes up. But you know, the cost on money is hard for tech companies. Um, but we're so close to inflation starting to turn the corner. And then right when they let the the gas or excuse me, let the, the reins off of uh, money supply and money starts flowing again back into people's hands and they start spending it. It's going to be the good old days. again. It's, it's hard. So we're going to, you're, you're, you're acknowledging that we're kind of going to be in a, li- like not recession talk, but we're going to be in a little bit of a pullback, a lull. I mean, we're seeing more and more, you know, consumers are about to run out of their excess savings. That's People don't bull- have an emergency that, yeah. fund. Blah, that's blah, blah, a load blah, of blah. bullshit. That's literally bullshit. I keep seeing that and it's starting to piss me off because the data that's actually factual is there's four times, there's $4 trillion sitting in checking accounts and non-charitable uh, non, uh, savings accounts right now. And is that the average consumer? Or is that, that is the those? average consumer. Okay. And, and to put that into perspective, that's over four times more than pre-pandemic. So that's not... The consumer's not hurting. And the way you can line that up is there's no way people are increasing their spending by 4% and they're, they're hurting. That, that narrative that's being pushed is... I don't know why there's so much false information being pushed by mainstream media, probably because it's mainstream media and they need clicks to sell advertisements. Um, but it's just not true. It's absolutely not true. Travel anywhere. I mean, people are going to Mexico a ton. Look at the flights to Mexico. They're damn near sold out full flights. Doesn't it feel, doesn't it feel weird though? Like with the, the, I guess the overarching climate and, and feel that a lot that is going on right now in the economy of and the world. Of course, this is never that, happened that it's before. still on paper showing that things are healthy, but then there's this narrative that it's not. It's, it's just weird how things don't feel like they're aligning. Well, oil's, let me just put things into perspective. People are, are bitching and moaning about oil. Mm-hmm. Oil was trading almost $140 a barrel early 2000s. Okay. So let's go ahead and 
We have a lot of room to go. And we're where today? The mid-80s. Mid-80s. Um, gas is back down in California to below $5 a gallon. Every, almost everywhere. It is. Is there any concern on the reduction of our reserves and, yeah. and the, the lack of replenishment of yes. our reserves? Yeah, that's not a good thing, but that'll happen when we have an uh, administration change. Okay. So we have, you're saying we have enough runway to get to that point? Yeah, absolutely. And we, and we, we just, we have enough. The price on gasoline is good right now. The thing that I'm worried about is heating oil for the East Coast. Mm. There's a lot of houses that run on heating oil. We don't really understand that on the West Coast. But on the East Coast, heating oil is a thing. I think that might get a little higher uh, than normal. Natural gas might get a little higher than normal. Um, so those are the things. Those are the fossil fuel areas or, or gas and energy areas that I'm keeping an eye on. But oil prices right now are not high. They're higher than they were, but they're not like historically high. And interest rates are higher than they were for the past 10 years, but they're not even historically too far off. It's just people are, again, they got lulled to sleep at the cost of uh, money being zero to a quarter percent for the past 10 years. So we're sub 8% right now in rates. According to the percentages that we're seeing out there, at least in this next FOMC meeting, which is what, Thursday? Wednesday? Tomorrow. Yep. Uh, 2.9% chance of a cut. So you're telling me there's a chance. There's a chance. But ideally, right, we're at a 92%. 97.1% chance of a pause, which is what's going to happen. Or yeah, 90, yeah, right. There's over a 76% chance of a pause at the following December meeting. Uh, we have another about 68% chance of a pause in the January meeting. And in the March meeting, we start to see a tick up. And then in the June meeting, we see another tick up, uh, excuse me, the May meeting to almost a 30% chance of a cut rate. So the farther we keep getting to these meetings, it's telling me exactly what I'm seeing that some point they're going to cut interest rates. And honestly, if the economy stays bad and interest rates stay high, that's good. That's going to help them not have to raise interest rates. The whole reason the economy is choppy is just because they haven't cut interest rates, in my opinion. Once they cut interest rates and money supply gets back to where it's going to be, you're going to see a boom of people get back into real estate. You just will. Um, you're going to see a, a huge burst of refis for the people that are stuck in the 5, 6, 7, 8% um, interest rates. And then you'll see people start to uh, buy more real estate again. And by that time, that four, five, six months from now, um, home builders will have had time through seasonal lulls to catch up with their builds get them ready to sell. It'll be a lot of more new homes, I think. But it'll also take people off the sideline like we were talking about in the mm-hmm. last episode to where they might uh, start accessing HELOC products again and using those to access some of their equity or selling and relocating to areas like they had been doing that are more favorable for tax purposes. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Home buyers right now are backing out of deals at the highest rate in a year. And we've been seeing the volume really slow down Right now, National House Price Index came out up 2.6% year-over-year in August, which is a new all-time high. Um, Inventory increased 1.5% week-over-week. It's still down 2.7% year-over-year. The the housing market is in a really interesting space right now because of all of these variables. It's not that it's bad and it's not that it's good. It's just different than what people have been used to for so long. And I think because of the velocity being so slow, I was talking with a buddy of mine who was at a mortgage conference um, for like top producers nationally. And he was saying that 
there's only after this year projected to be a third of mortgage officers and lenders left after uh, the last 12 months. Yeah, I believe that. There's just no... I mean, there's people taking second jobs and doing things like that, right? So I think this is just a different time when, you know, you could literally find a client by sneezing and just be an order taker and put in an offer. Now it's like people are sitting on the sidelines. They're waiting for rates to come back down. They're waiting for the economy to feel like it's going to level out a little bit. And it looks like based on this week from B of A, they don't expect a hike in November as the Fed is clearly worried about the extent of financial tightening. But today's robust spending and inflation data keep a December hike on the table um, as they are a reminder that the war on inflation has not yet been won. Per Goldman Sachs, they said Fed officials appear to have signaled that they will not be hiking at their November meeting. And we interpret their recent comments to imply that most would prefer not to hike. And again, a hike in the future, still not off the table, but very unlikely. Mm-hmm. That's, I think that's what they're going to say. I think that they're going to say the same thing they said at the last meeting. They're going to say something to the effect of, hey, you know, we're going to do our job to meet our you know, nominal rate of XYZ and things are looking better. The economy continues to do this. But in case we have to, we're going to be able to raise interest rates again. And I think they're going to continue to say that until it's like the meeting or the meeting before they decide that it's going to be time to raise interest rates. Because once they indicate that, it's going to send tons of money off the sideline into the market. And they just don't want that to happen quite yet. So I think that's what they're doing right now. They're just doing this, this lever pull back and forth to say, when do we let the steam out and how long do we hold it? And right now, I think they just know that they have to hold it so we don't get into a melt-up scenario where the market takes off so quick it actually causes inflation to come. So with people saying, you hear in these headlines of emergency savings running out or non-existent or people having to tap into it or living paycheck to paycheck, like, it, it, are these just all fake headlines? Because it feels like to me that the middle class is really getting pinched right now. Rich are getting richer. I mean, most of the people I know in my wealthy circles, they're on the offensive right now. They're making money right now. Yeah, they're, what, you know, they're weathering some storms in certain verticals of their life or their business. But for the most part, they're doing well. Yep. But then I've also got friends and people that aren't wealthy that are really struggling right now that are working two jobs that are, you know, barely scraping by. So I think it just depends. I mean, there's always, there's always those people. Um, most people are barely in the United States. They push their, you know, they're, if I make $8,000 a month, I got $7,000 right. going out. Yeah. So they barely got skin on the bone to run anyway. And they're just in a time where there's, that's going to get pressed and they don't plan to be pressed. That is not indicative that the economy is bad. That's indicative that people make bad financial decisions. Um, And I would agree with that. I think people make really bad financial decisions because most of the time they make them emotionally and they don't follow them up with, okay, well, if I'm making $8,000 a month, yeah, it feels good and it's fun to go out with my friends all the time. And But when is this, when is the, you know, that record going to stop playing? And when am I going to stop working for my life? And they don't think about that or they don't want to have that conversation because it's scary and they don't understand it. So instead they just defer and defer and defer and defer and defer. And then by the time they've hit that level where they know they have to, it's too late. 
Yeah. And then they live a mediocre and have a, have a have a poor retirement. They blame it on the stock market. They blame it on investments when ultimately the person that they can blame it on is standing right in front of them in the mirror. Um, I think that's the ultimate prop. Um, people spending money, people that appropriately spend money are making good money because they are on the offense of taking opportunity, taking advantage of the opportunities that are available. Bless you. Excuse me, all. Bless your bad. Um, because it's like when people are this fearful, this many people can't know about something that's going to happen that hasn't happened. It statistically is proven that that's just how things work. When things come out of the blue or bad things are going to happen, the reason that they're bad is because people didn't know they were going to happen. Because if they knew they were going to happen, they'd prepare. Uh, the general investor yelling for recession in the housing market or mm -hmm. in the stock market is a clear or an even more clear indicator to me that nothing bad is going to happen and that we just have to hold out uh, for when interest rates, like I said, keep getting cut. I don't want to ride that horse or beat it to death too much, but honest to God, that's what we're waiting for on my side of the street. Same on your side of the street. Cap rates are going to ease up. You're going to be able to make more money when interest rates cut. Um, and there's tons of cash that will come out of 5%, mm -hmm. uh, maybe even up to 6% yielding money market accounts. Because there's no risk on that money. Why would you take risk on an asset when you don't have to and you can get paid more? Yeah. So that is what it's going to do. It just takes time. And everybody that was patient through, through 2008 in the housing market, in the stock market, with their job, uh, not freaking out, they survived and they're here to tell you all about it. Was it fun? No, but it's a necessary evil about investing that you do take losses and deals go sideways and things happen that are out of your control and you deal with systemic risks. But everybody does that. And everybody's done it before. It'll happen again. It's just what do you do? Do you have a plan in place? Or do you make emotional decisions and, and shoot in and out and try to time stuff, which has historically shown that it's not a smart thing to do. NAR released a, a forecast this last week that predicted mortgage rates would drop below 7% during the second quarter of 2024, declining to an average of 6.3% for the year. And... I think a lot of people are still in this mindset of, I'm hoping that it gets back close to 5% or sub 5%. And I just don't think we're going to see that anytime soon. I think we could see that uh, towards the end of next year or beginning of 2025. Because I, they're gonna, I can see us getting closer to they're gonna have maybe to, mid fives in 2025. When they start cutting interest rates, I don't think we will also never cut as fast as they're going to cut. True. They, so they're, so they're maybe, that, maybe yeah. that forecast is based on historicals that aren't necessarily factoring in. Correct. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw 5.5% average rates at the end of 2024. I really wouldn't. I also am definitely not going to be surprised if we see 4.5% rates at the end of 2025. Um, they have to, to get to their nominal rate, mm -hmm. they have to cut that yep. fast or they literally can't do it. Yep. So um, the thing I think people are expecting is right when they cut rates, it's going to be like, I wake up in the morning and I have a... It'll take time for it to bake in to the market. There's going to be other old debt that's still going through that has to pass through. People are still going to refinance out of old debt. That's going to cause losses. There's going to be origination costs that are increased. Other things are going to happen. But the rate on your loan, you will finally be able to get a $300,000 loan and not pay $600,000 in interest over the life of a 30-year loan right now, which is crazy. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw a statistic here per Axios. New homeowners won't see a profit on their home for over a decade. 
And when you factor in, you know, people that are buying in this market right now, unless they can really get their, you know, their their payments. And I just don't think that that's super accurate. I think that that might assume people not putting money down. Let's see what it says. It says, this is a data point from Zillow. These calculations assume typical increases in home values, 3% closing costs paid at purchase, and 1% home maintenance fees, 6% closing costs, and 6% agent fees at sale. Time to break even on a typical US home purchase by down payment amount. So it does kind of, this is a chart that shows basically assuming a 30-year uh, loan at 7% 7 and a purchase price of 376000 3%, 5%, 10%, 20% down payments. What happens if people just put like an additional couple hundred dollars a month towards their principal though? Yeah, I mean, I well, how many people are going to do that, right? That's, that's like the person that's, you know, you're saying makes 8K and is... I you do know, 500 expensive. bucks a month. Ideally, that that snowball effect, right, is is a beautiful way to waterfall your, you know, your your principal down faster if you can do that and pay your mortgage off in a third of the time or a quarter of the time. Let's take a quick break and hear from today's show sponsor. Our sponsor today is Uplift Desk, creators of the best office furniture designed to help you work better and live healthier. You can visit upliftdesk.com and use the code MINDCAST for 5% off your order. And if you sit all day long while you're at work and you've never tried a desk that can transition between sitting and standing, you got to. It'll be a complete game changer. My standing desk is by Uplift Desk. It's what I use every day to record the show, prepare the show, do all my office work. And I gotta say, the transition from sitting all day to standing while I work at various times throughout the day has really made a noticeable difference for me. When I'm standing, I notice I'm way more focused and productive. I'm way more alert. And I even have a little standing treadmill under my desk now, which allows me to get some extra steps in while still plugging away on calls and getting work done. Keeps the blood flowing throughout the day, which obviously can reduce all types of different health risks and repetitive strain. And I've noticed that my posture has drastically improved since switching to an uplift desk as well because I'm not hunched over the computer all day. And while there's a lot of options out there for you to choose from, the reason I chose uplift desk is because of the quality. It doesn't wobble, it's completely stable, it's built to last, you can definitely tell based on the materials they use and they are customizable too, which is really cool. They let you build your custom dream desk by choosing over a hundred desktop choices and hundreds of accessories that you can build into the desk for your own perfect workspace. And you can do that by using the really fun to use desk configurator. And once you have your desk all designed and picked out, you order it, they ship it the same day, you get free shipping, they do free returns with free return shipping if something goes wrong. And the best part is they have an industry leading 15 year warranty that covers the complete desk, which was a really big deal for me. It shows that they stand behind their product for at least 15 years. So to get yours, go to upliftdesk.com and use the code MINDCAST for 5% off your order. That's U-P-L-I-F-T desk.com to get 5% off your entire order with the promo code MINDCAST. I've only had my house for, and I have you, I bought right before the interest rates went up uh, for two and a half years. And I have a lot of equity, hundreds of thousands of dollars. I think that there's cases that are going to be like mine. That'll be happening as well, where people buy in a super desire, like Florida. That's not going to apply to Florida whatsoever. Doesn't matter the interest rate. 
the Florida housing market is insane right now. Yeah, it overtook um, New York. So, like, there's little things that that's that's where my comment was. Like, ah, that's a blanket statement. Blanket statements have to be understood. That, like, yeah, for sure. Yes, for like a very higher than normal percentage group of people, this will be the the way it goes. But I think there's a lot of people that can make smart decisions and get into homes and not take them. I don't want people to think that's going to take them 12 years to break even on your primary. Now, are there any concerns in the banking industry? A lot of people are pointing to Jamie Dimon selling off $135 million in stock the first time in 20 years that he has cashed in on Chase stock, that this could be a sign of a potential issue with something he has seen or has insider information on. Is this just him taking some chips off the table after 20 years of working his ass off? Nobody will know because he's not going to answer that question. But I think what are your thoughts? I think you can speculate both ways. I don't think that uh, JP Morgan is the only bank that's not having any issues on anything right now. So I don't think there's turmoil. Um, I just think after 20 years, you might at his age, he's not going to be CEO for another 20 years. Yeah. Um, he likes where the stock prices is at right now. They're doing, they just have released pretty good numbers. I think he's going to say, you know what, I'm going to lock this money up and I'm not just going to have that much money in JP Morgan stock. It's too much money in one area. I want to reallocate it and maybe doing what a lot of smart people are doing right now, which is like you're saying, taking advantage of opportunities. When people are fearful, it's a good idea to be greedy. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm very, very, very grateful that I, you know, sold the uh, the hotels and cashed in when I did because some of the values have dropped pretty drastically in real estate over the last six, nine months or so. And as, you know, commercial real estate values are tied to income, as things start to slow down a little bit, occupancies are dropping, average daily rates are dropping a little bit, right? You're talking about a pullback a little bit in the stock market. We're seeing a little bit of the tide come back in, which is okay. Mm-hmm. You just want to make sure that you're, you know, still working your plan over the course of the long term. And I think that's where this stat stands out to me of, while I love net worth and it's a great number, I think net worth is more of an ego um, driver than it is a freedom driver. Say it again. Right? I like, like I would say equity and net worth is tied to ego and cash flow and passive income, recurring revenue is tied to freedom. And this stat of 1.8 million Americans lost their millionaire status in 2022, according to UBS. They're, they just completed a 2023 global wealth survey. And I know a lot of people that just became millionaires because they had a house. And right place, right time. <laughs> you know, the house yeah. just inflated in value over you know, the craziness of what was post-pandemic era. Um, people who owned real estate and hard assets. They just, you know, I had my portfolio doubled just by me doing nothing but just having those assets, right? It also got slashed 25% over the last nine, you know, um, uh, nine months. And I think, you know, those are a lot of those people that fell into millionaire status. They did so through real estate. Um, and now... no good... For through no nothing that no, they no skill building good luck either good luck or just betting on a vehicle that proven when times of high inflation as a hard asset does well right but at the or, same time it retracts back in bad say, times or when money or the cost of money is zero percent and it's a leveraged asset True. I would argue that that was more of the well and that's the beauty of yeah. using good debt right not necessarily on your house but um, good debt on real estate 
you know, assets, mm-hmm. leveraging cheap debt to buy multiple assets, and you take that delta and play the arbitrage on that, that becomes something that helps people build wealth. But again, on paper, right, that could get slashed in nine months and your cash flow. That's why it's so important. I always say it's so important to don't get me wrong, I love the equity plays. Like in California, you know, I got Flipping. lucky by just yeah. being in assets and California is a high appreciation growth market that isn't always the best with cash flow, but I could still make it work in some scenarios where there's certain assets like my, you know, medical plazas and stuff that I have out in Kansas and some of these other markets that they don't really appreciate a whole lot in value. Slap you but they give you some nice mailbox money. And to me, you know, having that balance over time has been really, really important because yeah, I get some of the upside on appreciation and some of my other assets in other markets, but really it's the cash flow that keeps me sleeping well at night and giving me that freedom to be able to generate recurring monthly revenue. That's where that swan effect, the sleep well at night kicks in. So thinking about how many of those millions of Americans lost their millionaire status, well, one, you know, that's tied to ego because if those people still have plenty of cash flow coming in from those assets, eh, whatever, that value is going to kick back up. And, you know, the, the, as the market cycle runs its course, you'll be back in millionaire status again. It's only a matter of time. But if you don't have cash flow tied to those things, that's where it becomes a little problematic for people is because now you're, you know, what looked good on paper and your status on paper. And if you're trying to go and leverage debt or you're trying to get into, you know, different deals or opportunities based on your balance sheet. And now that went away because the market is and you don't have any income tied to yourself, you're somewhat exposed. So that's why I think it's important to have, yes, equity and high appreciation growth assets are great but also have some diversification and making sure that your cash flow is there too, because that's ultimately what's going to allow you to sustain and grow through those times when you have the pullbacks. Yep. It takes a little bit of everything to make a long, long successful journey in this life investing. Do it all. Damn right. I was talking with somebody the other day and he was asking about, you know, should I do this investment strategy and it feels risky and should I, you know, take this risk and do X, Y, and Z? And I'm like, you want to be a real estate investor? And he was like, yeah, I'm 100% committed. I'm like, well, dude, you're going to have to get comfortable with taking risk and seeing your values go up and your values go down. And it's the same thing, you right? And we've Welcome talked about this the on the show before. It's like, if you want to be wealthy, the price you're going to pay is learning how to deal with volatility and risk every single day. And sometimes that's why it's important not to look at your values, not to look at you know what's going on in the market and just keep executing on the game plan and doing what fundamentally you know in the long term when done consistently over an extended period of time will result in great things. There's going to be a lot of peaks and valleys along that way. Fidelity did a study um, of their best investors and didn't know what the number one and number two were that came back. If you were guessing. Say it again. Fidelity. Yep. Did did a study on their their best investors. People have the highest rates of return on their investments. And the number one and number two, who do you think that they were? Like type of investor? Yeah, just the the profile of investor they were. Mm. Like this person is and this person is. I don't know. It was number one was dead people. And number <laughs> two were people that forgot they had investment accounts at Fidelity. Those are, the num- those are the top two rates of return because the way you make they the most amount of the money course, baby. in the stock market stay invested. is by staying invested long term 
Time in the market, not timing the market, is the way you make money. That is a factual study. You may go Google that study. Dead Fidelity. people and people who forgot they had investments. Yeah, and, I, and they had an asterisk on there and they said, we figured out that the people didn't know they had accounts because when we contacted them to let them know, they didn't know they had the investment account still at Fidelity, which is why normally it was old 401ks. Mm. So for, the, for the, all the people out there that see all the stuff on headline news and people trying to time stuff and saying, go to this asset and go to that asset, long-term and time-tested is just a, va- a good diversified portfolio and quality assets that have dividends to be paid. Yep. More dividends, the older you get. But dividends period that are reinvested will make you the most amount of money and the highest rate of return long term. And it isn't hard to do. Well, and usually the people that are, are fear mongering or saying those things or the perma bears, right? Or whoever they are. Peter Schiff is a perfect example. Is yes. they're, they're usually trying to sell a narrative that supports the position they are taking and want you to take with them. Peter Schiff owns Schiff Gold. So Peter Schiff owns sells Sh- gold. He owns Schiff Gold, sells gold. He's got his own fund. And you, I send you probably a couple Peter Schiff, you know, tweets and things every single week. Mm-hmm. I like seeing different bear perspectives. I'm personally a bull. I'm a perma bull like Ryan. And I'll always take that stance. But I do like hearing and being open-minded to what the bears are seeing and saying. And I always love sending over some of that stuff to you and you're good at kind of cutting through all the BS. And Peter Schiff is one of those people where historically, he has sold his bag on invest in gold and the economy and our bonds and our treasuries and our overall you know, landscape is uh, very volatile. It's on the decline. It's going to have a meltdown. And you can hedge that risk by coming into my gold fund. But we found some interesting um, data on what he is doing right now, or is being forced to do, I guess, and how that ties into a lot of the people that may have been listening to that narrative and making decisions with their money on that narrative, which is a big part of it is trying to time the market mm-hmm. based on what the market is doing. So what what is the information that We've kind of learned about what he's doing and what's the lesson in all of this. Are you interested in boosting your income by an extra $50,000 this year? If so, you're going to love what I've got in store for you. I am beyond excited to officially announce an incredible opportunity to join me in my exclusive mastermind, which will include myself and 25 other hand-selected investors who are actively pursuing commercial real estate in 2024 and want to be held accountable to making sure they buy their first or their next commercial real estate investment property that will net them a minimum of $50,000 a year. This mastermind group will not only teach you how to do that, how to find, how to analyze, how to structure and buy these types of commercial real estate investment properties, but you'll also have an opportunity to be a part of an intimate group of high achievers that are going to take your network and your resources to a whole nother level. But here's the catch. Like I mentioned before, this is exclusive. We're only selecting 25 ambitious individuals for our founding members group who are serious and ready to take that next step in their commercial real estate investing journey. So if you are ready to increase your passive income by at least $50,000 in the next year with commercial real estate investing, then this is your moment. These spaces are gonna fill up fast 
And trust me, this is the one and only time to be a founding member, which comes with some pretty special benefits. So head over to myfirst50k.com and submit your application now. Again, that's myfirst50k.com. You can head over there, check out the program, see everything that it entails, submit your application to join, and I can't wait to connect with you soon. So his uh, Europe Pacific Bank was last August put into receivership status with, uh, I believe, the Puerto Rican government. And I think as of like recently, I can't find a specific date, but there's a body called the J5 and IRS, like the Internal Revenue Service is a part of that body. And they essentially are like a international regulatory body for all banking services. And they just make sure that people are doing business in a proper way. And mainly so that other countries can do business with other countries and not have to worry about things being done so differently in that country to keep business flowing. They essentially found that he had done exactly kind of what FTX did. They were dipping into customer funds without letting them know. Mm -mm -mm. Peter Schiff said, Oh, I found out. And when I found it out, because it was a software error, the exact same uh, thing that that FTX and SBF said. It was a software error. I immediately put the money back in, which I believe he did. They sold uh, the bank's gold to do so. But... What the J5 did in their found in their auditing was that he was actively, they accused him of actively um, trying to help people evade taxes. And so that tax evasion strategy was, was being implied. And he was saying, no, I do AML, anti-money laundering, and we have higher standards than everybody else. But long story short, they forced his bank to fully liquidate. All the customer funds that are there are going to be locked up for up to 16 months. Um, and it's just another example of a, of a person who has a place like a Robert Kiyosaki or something yeah, like they, that. Yeah, they're loud like and proud on, guru, the, yep, on and the internet. All the stuff they say never pans out. Like yeah. it's never, it's historic, like maybe in a short term. Well, oh, I think like, he's had one thing over the course of like 20 something years actually kind of align with his timing of what he was saying. But he's been beating the same drum for a really long time. And at the end of the day, to me, it feels like it's just, and again, I like hearing him talk, but it feels like he is pushing people to his gold fund at the expense of being honest and transparent about what really is best for those individuals at a whole. Yeah, and the people that are rushed to his defense are like, oh, look, you just pissed off the Fed because you always say things that the Fed doesn't like. And so they went in and they shut your bank down. Fed has nothing to do with it. It's you committed, you committed fraud that they have evidence evidentiary uh, proof of, and they're going to force you to do stuff because they've shown that to the regulators in your country that where you're doing business and they agree with them. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's just the people that give, there's so many people that give terrible information about finances. Like the most, the thing I always get sent is like people that give like life insurance stuff on TikTok or Instagram. Mm. You'll notice I don't ever talk about that kind of stuff on Instagram or I don't have a TikTok, but Instagram. Um, I'll talk about it briefly on the podcast, but it's not like a silver bullet. When you have these people going around and they're like, oh, this is what the wealthy do and they don't tell you about this. And there's bullshit. That's just not true. Yeah. Completely not true. So you have to be careful when there's people that are, they push one product or one asset class and they tell you that that is like the you, you know, you're not smart enough or wealthy enough to know about this, but trust me, 
I know, or hey, I own a company that sells gold, but only buy gold. And I also manage an investment fund that primarily sells gold. So I'll make money if you buy gold. It's just you have to understand the bias behind it. Yep. Agreed. Well, we've got a great show for you guys next week. Don't forget to tune in if you want to take advantage of the free financial x-ray and connecting with Ryan and his amazing team, x-ray to 844-447-1555. If you're an accredited investor, you want to get on my deals list, text the word deals to that same phone number, Millionaire Mindcast store, got some great stuff for you guys. And we will have some more updates on FOMC meeting from tomorrow. Any other stuff on the docket or the agenda that is really... Not really. It's just FOMC rate decision. And then that, that'll that kind of indicate or give people an idea of what's probably going to be what to look at next week. So I'm uh, once we get a, a news of a pause, the thing I'm going to be looking for is the language um, Powell gives mm-hmm. in his speech after and seeing how hawkish or how dovish or neutral he might be. I think he's going to be a little hawkish still, but time, we'll, we'll kind of talk about that ne- on next week's show. Well, the only thing in recession talk that has come true is Canada is official. Oh, yeah. Canada in a recession. Did, did go. Yeah, they have two negative quarters of GDP. I think it was negative 0.3 and negative 0.1. So I mean, not like aggressive, but on a technical mm-hmm. scale. Now, does that mean that their economy is going to rip down 30%? No. But I would, I would anticipate they're going to start going through some sort of financial turmoil. And I believe it's going to start with their housing. I was going to say, I mean, it, it could rip down 30% based on how big of a bubble there is and has been building in their housing market. I could see that being a black swan event for them. Yeah. They, I really I, could. I, I, it's time for them. They've been on like a straight, nice upward slope. Uh, for many, many, many a year, it, they are due for at least a correction. Um, but I would, they're they're definitely in a technical recession area by our definition mm-hmm. of what a recession is. Two negative quarters of GDP. Interesting. Well, we'll be keeping an eye on that for you guys as well. If you enjoyed the show, leave a review, share it with somebody. If you're not subscribed, hit that subscribe button. Three episodes a week, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays for you guys to help you on your wealth building journey. That being said, we appreciate you guys tuning in. Keep investing in yourself and your wealth on your March to a million and beyond. Cheers. Cheers, y'all. Well, that wraps up this week's episode of Money Moves. Be sure to tune in next week for more news and updates. And if you got some value from today's show, all we ask is that you take two minutes and leave a review in iTunes, where by doing so, you're going to get entered into win a $100 gift card. Also, Don't forget to take advantage of Ryan's free financial x-ray on your investment portfolio. And to do so, all you have to do is text the word x-ray to 844-447-1555. What we have found by offering this out is most people have no idea what they're being charged from a fee perspective or really in most cases overcharged and whether or not their current investment and financial plan is actually aligned with what they're trying to accomplish. And this is something that Ryan and his amazing team do for all of our listeners for free. So be sure to take them up on that. Again, that's x-ray, one word, 844-447-1555. Also, if you're an accredited investor and you're not on my deals list, be sure to text the word deals to 844-447-1555 to be notified of the private investment offerings my team and I put out. And last 
Don't forget to check out all the amazing products and resources that we offer to our Millionaire Mindcast family at millionairemindcast.com. Whether that's one-on-one coaching with me, mastermind events, calculators, the Rich Life Planner for those looking to take their goal setting and productivity to the next level. We've got all kinds of great and valuable tools available at millionairemindcast.com. With that being said, that's all for this week. Until next week's episode, keep investing in yourself and your wealth on your March 2 million and beyond. Cheers, my friends.